how you protect yourself, your network, as well as your clients. Also look at what the best way to pick the right standard is. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Peerless AV. This is AV Week, episode 281, recorded Friday, January 13th, 2017. Protect your portals. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host, coming to you from a bunker 20 feet below sea level because St. Louis is under a very interesting ice storm right now. But hey, we still got to do AV Week. Uh, with us to talk about all things AV is a, uh, is a very nice young man who's about oh, two hours north, north of me. His name is Jeremy Caldera. Uh, he is the, uh, CT, you know, the uh, educator of the year. Um, young AV professional and a heck of a human being also from uh, IAS technology. How are you, sir? I'm very good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, also, as much ice as you got right now, but <laughs> I'll trade you, bad. dude. It's still yeah. bad. It's like the end of the world. They, 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 they called like all the St. Louis based school, all the St. Louis schools at like 10 o'clock last night before anything hit. So, you know, it's, it's, <clears throat> It's a fun time in the Midwest. Uh, also with us uh, is the uh, edu- the uh, architect of our fine website. Also happens to work for a small company called Harmon. His name is Bradford Ben. Hello, sir. Hello, Mr. Albright. Pleasure to see you. When when I told you you needed to ice your injured foot, I didn't mean ice the entire <laughs> just your foot. Now, well, I want to know, how did you get up and down the stairs with your injured foot? I have crutches. Okay. I have crutches. I'm, you know what? And, and if you if you don't read our blog, I, I wrote my the blog last week. I broke my foot on vacation over Christmas, uh, in two places. Come to find out, uh, I thought you only went to to Florida. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Is this I what I need it. to put that put that legal disclaimer in? Of yes, I work for Harmon, but the opinions expressed are mine and all that <laughs> exactly. stuff. So. Yeah, All right. Bradford, Shecky Green. Ben. Last but not least, uh, the left side of my brain, uh, producer and, and all-around good guy, uh, and works for an uh, integration firm in New York. Hello, Mr. Tucker. How are you guys? Good oh, to be yeah. here. And I was, uh, you know, hey, look, I came by yesterday and helped you with the garbage, so you know, I'm. I'm yes, indeed. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I, I. Yeah, yeah. It's a long story. All right. Uh, here we go. Let's let's see if we can't do this from from the uh, the home studio here. Uh, let's first up and foremost, one of the things that we've gotten into. We actually have a, a brand new show um, called uh, the ITAV Show, and one of the things on the ITAV Show that we've talked about a couple of times is security. This story comes to us from our friends over at Commercial Integrator, talking about that very thing: how to secure. Um, best practices for securing um, IP devices. And Bradford, I'm going to start with you simply because you are my go-to when it comes to securing stuff. 
Um, you're the one who got me involved in, in using a VPN with when I'm out in, in public spaces. You are you and, and, and our editor in chief, Josh Rago, are, are my two security guys. So, first question: What is the best practice? And secondly, why would you want to do it? Okay, so I'll be fair. I didn't watch the entire video, not just mainly because I was on that ITAV show you we just recorded. So watch that instead. It'll be just as fun. Uh, first best practice is remember that how much data you're actually car carrying with you. Uh, you know, people go, well, I lost my phone. That sucks. I'm like, well, it has all of your personal contact info, all of the stuff that may or may not be appropriate, various photos, your American Express card, your frequent flyer card, your Visa card, your PayPal account, your Facebook account, all this personal information. And a lot of people do the, oh, I'm just going to leave it unlocked or do a thumbprint or do a four character number to unlock it. Well, that's kind of bad practice right there. At least lock it. It's like okay, hang on for a second. Wait, wait, wait. Why is the, phone, the thumbprint a bad practice? So a couple reasons the thumbprint's a bad practice, and this is going to sound really evil and bad, and this is where you're going to say I'm being paranoid, but remember, I am paranoid. Yes. Uh, so the thumbprint, as well as other things, don't require anything beyond a fingerprint. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be alive. It also has been proven that they can print a fake fingerprint, but it also means it's way too easy for some for you to just go, oh, here it is, or put it in your pocket and leave it unlocked. So the thumbprint, while good, is not the most secure. Okay. Also, kind of like a four-character number thing on your phone is not the most secure because if you tilt your phone, you can see where the smudges are and take a guess. So like yeah. simple stuff, like using the same digit twice, now your smudges are wrong. Better stuff, using six digits, using a long passphrase, Using, you know, a two-factor authentication, which is very difficult on a phone, so it doesn't apply, but could apply on your computers and your websites. I know George and Tim hate the fact that I put two-factor authentication on the website, but it just means you have to log in, and then you have to have a second piece of information to clarify that you're you. And some of that's simple stuff, but a lot of major companies don't do it. But the biggest thing to protect yourself is simply lock your data don't plug into a network you don't know. Uh, Tim talked about a VPN, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this on my new blog that you made the mistake of telling me I could have, uh, about <laughs> VPN lets you when you're out in public encrypt your traffic to another secure location. Seems small, but how often you go to someplace and you see now the Xfinity Wi-Fi and your phone automatically connects? Well, how hard is it for me to take my wireless access point and set the password to Xfinity Wi-Fi and have it automatically connect, and oh look, now I have access to your IP devices. As a business owner, there's other things, like don't put a network jack in a conference room, because now anyone can come in and plug in without knowing the passwords. It sounds fine, but the best, this first step is passwords. Second thing is not having a stupid password, like password, pass one, two, three, stuff like that. Uh, the two-factor authentication is huge, uh, I'm disappointed in Amazon that they don't provide it for purchases, but they do provide it for uh, for their data storage, which is good. Also, the other thing is you can encrypt your data before you even put it on the cloud. And also know what you're putting on the cloud. Uh, Apple and Google do this great job of syncing everything so it's everywhere. 
that's great. But now all your data is in the cloud, whether you want it to be or not. And there's other things. Uh, actually, I talked a bunch about this in the non-disclosure article uh, I wrote uh, for the Aviation blog uh, for that went up last month of just basic practices. Know where you're at. Don't connect to an, to a network you're not you're not familiar with. Also, make sure that when you do connect to a website, it has the lock, the HTTPS. Uh, we have that for Aviation because I believe this stuff's kind of important. Almost all the websites I go to have it. If they don't have it, I definitely don't submit any forms. Uh, there are other things you can do like privacy tracking. What I like about the VPN and it drives some people nuts is it'll say I'm in London when I'm actually here in the States because I picked London as my off spot. It encrypts my data to and from that data center. Uh, if you have a computer, encrypt the hard drive. Uh, this sounds small, but it's very important of the, if you encrypt the hard drive, someone borrows your computer and takes, they can't get to your hard drive data by booting off of another device. Don't leave stuff that shouldn't be shared on a thumb drive. I know that seems amazingly small, but you'd be amazed at how often someone has me a thumb drive and they go, oh, don't look in that folder. It has all the compensation for everyone in the company. I'm gonna push that big red button and download that file because someone just told me not to look at it. Uh, part of that, part of that's also just your, you know, you're just ornery that way. Um, but part of it's like, you don't leave your wallet on the table. You keep it in your pocket. You keep yeah, that's it true. How much of your wallet is now your phone? <laughs> A lot. How much of your wallet? Yeah, so would you leave your, your phone on the table and make it so that all you need is the thumbprint? Oh, Tim's drunk, let's take his thumb and put it on the thumbprint reader. Ooh, now I can send text messages to Michelle. I know that seems far-fetched, but who thinks that hasn't happened? No, it absolutely has. I want to bring in Jeremy on this because Jeremy, Jeremy is in central Illinois, uh, and not an insignificant manufacturer is in central Illinois. It's a little company called, called Caterpillar. Um, when you deal with companies like that, Jeremy, how, how do you assuage their fears that that their data is being taken care of and, and you're taking care of, of of their systems so companies like that are a complete they're just a complete monster to deal with especially on the it side right so anything that i want to get on their network uh that's av related whether it's a control system processor a dsp touch panel doesn't make any difference in the world uh their uh service department their it services department uh, that manages everything Caterpillar globally has to actually uh, test and vet the equipment for a period of weeks before they will even add it to their approved list of devices that can reside on the enterprise network. So I'm constantly uh, emailing, calling, pulling in favors with manufacturers saying, hey, I want to put this device on the network. It's a new device. Can you get it to me as fast as possible? Because I've got it quoted in the projects going to them, right? And I want to make sure it's approved before then. I, I have to make sure that I'm, you know, constantly doing that. You know, we work with them pretty closely because a lot of this stuff still requires AV programming, right? Uh, to some extent to even know how or have the software, have the knowledge to get into these devices in order to assign it something as simple as an IP address or an IPv6 address or something to just allow it to then be vetted, uh, you know, on the IT network. So I've got to always provide, you know, staff support to do that as well, which is a significant investment on our part. But, you know, it's usually worth it in the long run. Now, there's other companies that we deal with, of course, like most other AV integrators that have clients that aren't as big as the Caterpillars, the Fortune 50s of the world. 
and they don't go to that extreme to where their uh, services have to test and vet and do all this other stuff. So, uh, but coordinating with them is just like anybody else anymore. Like I said, just every single thing that we're going to put on somehow has a NIT card on it. So uh, we need to make sure that we're doing our best to at least research or ask what are the guidelines for putting stuff on your network. Uh, what's your standards, you know, and I need to make sure my guys are well-versed enough to have that conversation with them so that we're not, uh, you know, leave fear or doubt to that. Now, another, another thing too, as well as, is, I mean, think about managed services, right? There's a lot of stuff in the AV world that's going towards maintenance agreements, managed services, things of that nature, which is requiring VPN connections, which is requiring, you know, remote login, diagnostics, rebooting of equipment, uh, IP management of uh, PDU devices, things like that. And if you're going to be tunneling into their networks from the outside world, companies like Caterpillar, that's pretty much not possible. But some other companies will allow it. You need to make sure that uh, you know you're very, very familiar with uh, um, you know protocols and, and procedures that they have in place. Uh, and it's just a matter of just working one on one with them. And most everybody anymore, unlike five years ago, when the AV guy came in and said, uh, "Hey, I want to put this stuff in your network," uh, you know, it was it was a fight. Now it's it's okay, but as long as you're following the proper procedure, yeah. usually everybody's pretty cool with it. Real quickly to, to to clarify, is this when you said that that Caterpillar and I've I've actually had a couple other folks tell me the exact same thing? Well, they'll take the piece of equipment and put it on their network for X amount of time, whether it's a week or a month or what have you. Is this brand new, like brand new equipment? Like this is equipment they haven't ever had before, or is this every piece of gear, regardless of whether they've had this particular DSP on their on their network? No, no. So like for me, you know, right now we've got one DSP manufacturer that's approved, right? So basically. Uh, any gear that I'm putting into there that I want to reside on the network from that manufacturer has been tested and vetted, right? Okay. So now I can put that DSP into any conference room that I want and I just send them the IP information for SIP manage, you know, for SIP registration, you know, whatever else I'm doing with it. Uh, and I don't have to get that approval, right? So now, now I'm in the process of bringing on like a new DSP manufacturer to put into conference rooms that I want to use. And so what I've done is I've got a sample of that already sent off to them, knowing that this job is going to go in beginning of March. So now I got it already to them to be tested and vetted. So that way, going forward, everything that I want to put in with that brand is with that brand. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. I, I will piggyback on what Jeremy said. Great point. Bring it back to the important stuff because I was definitely in the nerdville. But one of the other things that you don't always think about is some of these more security aware, high dollar finance companies won't even let you update the firmware unless they've oh, exactly so there oh, yeah. is products that have had firmware that's five years old and here's the thing though bradford and this is this is this is something i've been screaming about for a year because of us of a certain uh issue with a certain control manufacturer i wish that manufacturers and, and Harmon is is the guilty as crestron is as guilty as anybody else y'all keep calling it firmware you need to stop doing that. If it's if it's a feature update, sure, knock yourself out. Call it firmware all day, all day long, but you have to start issuing security updates as well, and not as part of the firmware, because of that very reason. I will agree and disagree with you. Shoot. The reason is is because before as a manufacturer we release a piece of software, whether it be firmware or security yep. patch, whatever you want to call it we have to do regression testing and have to make sure it's going to work with all the various flavors. Now, without getting into every detail and getting boring, for us to do a two-channel amplifier takes 24 hours, and that's automated. We go through and check that the EQ points work, that, the, that all the values can 
corroborate, all that stuff. Then you start putting in eight channel amps and some of that and think about how long the test time becomes. Also think about what it does to the customer if we say, here's an update this week and here's an update next week, here's an update the week before, later. So that's one of the reasons all these things, unless it's a Microsoft, you know, we roll them all together. It's one of the reasons that Microsoft has patched today. So you're not doing everything all the time. And see, that's what I'm basing this on. Right. That but idea. Right. But I agree with you of the, we as manufacturers across the board, not just Harman, not just Apple, not just Google, especially not Facebook with the we've improved stuff, <laughs> needs to indicate what's going on. And it's a double-edged sword of liability. So for instance, and this is 100% making this up, if I make a IP-controlled slushing machine, and all of a sudden I come out with new firmware that fixes an issue that no one has had, like say the slushing machine defrosts and all of a sudden puts out boiling slushy instead of frozen slushy. Well, that could burn someone, liability, blah, blah, blah. You don't want to say we're fixing this huge problem if no one's had it. You just want to say we fixed the problem. And some of that's marketing management because who knows when Apple says, oh, we've done these security updates. And from a, do you want to tell everyone all the things that are weak and busted to get back to security of the, if I'm running firmware, you know, OS, 10 on my iPhone instead of 10.1. Now, if we tell you everything we patched in it, all that an unscrupulous person has to do is look for 10.0 and know where all the holes are. That's true. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a balancing act, and I 100% agree with you. And there are places you can go look for this information. There's information security or infosec where I'm on the Twitter feeds. I get these things. It's like knowing why Juniper has these leaks in it and what the passwords are for here. So this is very valid feedback, but just want to kind of expose the other side. It's like the, the point I make is there's a whole big process in here. It's not just, oh, release a piece of software because, like, you know, I made a blog post and I spelled something wrong. Let me go back and change that blog post. Not like I've ever done that. It's the, I'm releasing new firmware that goes into different pieces of hardware that are 78 different pieces of hardware. Well, I've got to test it with all of them. I don't want to tell everyone what the problem is if they didn't have it. It's kind of like a, well, I was talking with a friend of mine who's a physician. He said the biggest problem he's had with, with medicine recently is that now on the television commercials, people tell you what the side effects are for all these drugs. And it's psychosomatic. People mm -hmm. have the side effects because they've been told about it. Yep. That's one of the things with the firmware updates of you got to be a little careful. And once again, I got to make the, this is me talking. I'm not speaking on behalf Absolutely. of him. Yeah. All right, Mr. This Tucker, let's bring you in. Um, George has a couple of, of, of points for, or angles for this. George has, has worked in theater. He's worked on live events. We're from manufacturer, now an integrator. So, Mr. Renaissance AV man, um, how are you securing these in, in these various locations? You know, whether that is the theater, whether that is, you know, live events or, or now in your current gig as an integrator. Well, I'm, yeah. That, that's a wide, wide <laughs> I know it's a lot answer. Um, well, okay, so it depends on the location, you know, much to the chagrin of the, the folks like uh, Jeremy and Bradford, it depends on the location. Sometimes you get a lot of help in that, and sometimes you have the ability to do it, and sometimes you don't. Um, especially in the corporate and theater world, look, that's really about what Jeremy was talking about. Talk to the IT department, know what the manufacturers are doing, know what their protocols are, know what ports are open and not open. 
uh, as one of the tenets of that, uh, that video webinar that they included in that article said, shut off the telnet. <laughs> How many of these devices have telnet and it's just, it's the one they don't turn off, turn them off. Uh, Cause that's one of the ones that the sneaky guys can get into. In residential, we manage it. So especially for the firm I work for, Backstage AV, we put in a majority of the IT systems, uh, the network, the servers, the, you know, the, the, the Wi-Fi, any kind of access like that and help manage the ISP so that we can know what's going in, what's going out, we can lock it down for them. That's a little simpler to do in a house. Uh, but for the corporations, it really is about sitting down going, what is your policy? What's allowed? What's not allowed? What kind of traffic loads can you take? What kind of things are you looking for to prohibit? You know, if the device has SNMP, am I going to get in trouble because I want to go sniff something when we're doing diagnostics? A lot of those things matter, and it's about communication beyond all other things with those departments about what's going on. If they don't have a policy, it's probably the best bet to sit down and go, let's do this together so we all know. And no one can point a finger in the end. And if you don't have a policy as a firm, then you need to write one about what you think you need based on what you put in. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. And I want to follow up with something George said. And I'm not going to go into the weeds again, Tim, I promise. Write it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the big thing. Hallelujah, uh, brother. Hallelujah. I'm sure Jeremy has this with what's the scope, what's going on, all that stuff. As integrators, as manufacturers, if it ain't written down, it hasn't happened. I drive friends of mine nuts up. Does it have a dollar sign on it? Yes, it's being written down. The other thing, and this is me being someone who's been doing this for years, I used to love when IT and AV were separate networks because my network was my network, IT was IT's, and we didn't and never shall the twain meet. And it was a lot easier. And sometimes that's still a very cost-effective solution to secure your AV equipment. And don't overlook that. Yes, people are like, well, it's gonna save money putting it on base building and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, it will. I still get that request to do that on a regular basis. Yeah, I still think it's a very viable solution and oftentimes a lot less expensive. I have one major client, once again, a big fortune company. Their entire campus for business, et cetera, runs on Cisco. The AV department's projects run on HP switches, specifically so they're different networks, different protocols, equipment doesn't intermix, and it solved many, many hours of headaches. I'm sure, yeah. All right, uh, we'll, we'll move on from this. We've, we've spent a few, a few minutes on this, but it's, it's an important topic. I actually spend the entire time talking about it. Um, we're actually going to skip a couple stories, actually, and go, go to the App Division uh, SDVO, SDVOE story. Um, it comes to us via a press release from, from them. Um, you can check that out on our press release section. But here's, here's the, the actual quote from them. Quote, unquote, App Division... Uh, Christie Digital, Netgear, Sony, and ZV today announced they have formed the SDVOE Alliance to standardize the adoption of Ethernet to transport AV signals in professional AV environments. That is PR speak to say that they've started a new organization uh, for a standard. Can we I just, put that in Yogi Berra speak? Go ahead. It's deja vu all over again. It's de- well, that's where we're going with this, right? With this conversation, Jeremy, we'll start with you. Um, not for nothing, SDVOE is 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 a is a proprietary standard, right? It is, it is a a video version of of Dante. Um, bad analogy, but it's the best one I've got right now. It, it, you know, uh, HD base T is a, is a proprietary standard. Uh, Dante is. Um, 
AVB or Avenue Alliance is not though, right? So that there's the differentiator. Um, so when it comes to standards, and we all love them because there's so many to choose from, where, how do you pick the best one, I guess, is the best way to ask this. You know, I don't even know if I have an answer to that. I mean, I'm so, it's just, it's just so funny. I feel like every, there's just people come out with their own thing. They just want to do their own thing. They get a couple of manufacturers together and they just do it. I, I, I wish everybody would just settle on one, right? Let's go with video over IP. Let's go with HD base T and let's just do this because now, you know, I've got, let's say I, a couple of manufacturers, I'd be at Christie, Sony, you know, whatever, everybody that's compatible with this new one. Okay. Uh, maybe I choose that standard because the manufacturers that I'm selecting happen to have it, right? It's not like I'm choosing the standard itself, right? You know, as long as, as far as I'm concerned, I want to get signal from point A to point B. And how I do that and the best way to do it is most likely through, through a category cable, right? Whether that's IP, whether it's HD-based T, no matter what it is. To be honest with you, I really don't care. As long as it works and it's not going to cost me an arm and a leg, you know what I mean? I'm, it really makes no difference. It makes no difference to me at all. So I, there is an importance to a lot of these things, and they do need to be standard because I'll tell you right now, it, as long as it's adopted widely, it's reliable, and it's cost-effective, right? Um, I'll give it a shot. You know, it'll work. But it's some of these other ones that you get that are just their own proprietary category transmission of signal, right? I may not use those because now I've only got one manufacturer who's maybe going to support it for six months before they adopt HD base T or whatever else, right? Um, so I'm just going to be leery of, of those. So, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, picking one, like I said, as long as it works, I'm good, you know? All right, Mr. Tucker, same kind of question to you, which, which I guess the best way to ask this is, is not to be as, as, as pointed to Jeremy, but for you, what is your criteria? For, for choosing or, or going with a certain standard? Well, it's gotta be how connected, well, what's the connectivity to other products? How easy is it to implement? And what features does it give me and price? And those don't always go in that order. And I, sometimes they shift around quite a bit in order of priority. Uh, but the, really it is about, is it, is it something I can get from a number of manufacturers? Does it solve my problem? And can I do it for a margin that works? Because we know we want to do it over IP or over category cable or some function of that. Uh, can it give me 4K uncompressed? I know there's data rates and other things that I could make Mr. Bradford spin off on, on stuff like that. But that's my central question is what does it give me and how can I get there? And it, for someone in the residential AV market, I may not be taking a chance on a brand new thing. In a commercial market where things change out a little bit more frequently, I might look at it and go, this might be an option. The two manufacturers that are on board now might be the perfect marriage that I need. And I could try it for the right price. Um, I, you know, I, when you was asked again, you know, why, why do this? My first thought was, you know what, stop progress. You know, the, the march of industry goes on. So there is something to that, by the way. You know, we need to be able to allow development of new ideas happen and see if the marketplace will allow them, even if there's an entrenched version. HD base T and some of the other stuff does really well. And until we need an overriding reason to really move on from it, it probably will be the main standard and these other ones will be used in very specific ways. I don't know any, I don't know much about it, but does it have really secure data rates or secure data transmission packets? Maybe that's a government thing. You see where I'm going. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right, Bradford from a couple different angles here because not only is, is Bradford, you know, works for Harman, Harman's a member of, of the Avenue Alliance, so they've got a lot of stuff going on with that standard. Again, that one's an open standard, not proprietary, but you also have products that do Dante. 
right? Um, you Harmon owns S uh, um, uh, S S SVSI. SVSI. Thank you. Been, they were bought by AMX, and so that AMX is in my head, right? So you've got a couple of different areas to go through. Um, my first question to you, and you can go off on a tangent after this: <laughs> the fact that they have Christie and Sony is that not significant? The fact that you've got two pretty significant players coming out of the gate here. It's pretty significant, but it also shows that there are some problems. Okay. Uh, awesome. I'm looking for, yes, Christie has some source material, but I'm looking for other source material providers. They have some endpoints, but they don't have some beginning points. Okay. Uh, I think the fact that there's this much capital behind it means it'll work. I wonder to George's point, and like I said, I haven't read the full press release. I don't know all the tech. Well, I've read the press release, but I haven't, don't have all the technical specs of, oh, is there digital rights management in here, which is why Sony wants it uh, for being able to protect the copyright stuff when they do digital cinema. I could see that being a reason it makes a difference. Don't know that yet. Uh, so I think the fact that they're big players means quite a bit, but to be fair, and this is where I have to make that disclaimer again. Opinion, not necessarily speaking for Harmon. There were some big players on the Avenue board, including Cisco. And Cisco just now is coming out with AVB, sorry, TSN switches. So just because there are big players involved doesn't always mean they're going to be successful. We can talk about Ethersound. You know, there's all sorts of ones. I will say the it's like deja vu all over again and which one's the right one. There are many ways to put AV over category cabling. There are many ways to put AV over Ethernet. It's another standard. However, to George's point, no change ever came from someone who was satisfied with the status quo. There might be a need for an addition. And having it be a licensed technology has some cost associated for the consumer, but also has some benefits. Uh, if you look at, I'll use Cobranet or or Dante is an example. There's a centralized piece of control software that works and all the devices will talk to each other. With AVB, that's a little more challenging. With AES-3, because it's point to point, it's easy. With AES-67, that's one of those challenges to still be figured out of the, how do you configure a stream of audio from one location to another location? Whereas if you go to a proprietary standard, the licensor has already figured out how the two ends talk to each other and how things talk amongst themselves, which could be an advantage. But I also see that the market's gonna, gonna dictate. As Jeremy talked about previously, you have to have security and reliability when you're on the network. We're still selling Cobranet products. It's kind of like the joke, why are we still making VGA products? People are still buying them because of the infrastructure. Do I see this as a possible addition? Yes. I think the market will tell the difference and it has to be a better mousetrap. To which one's better? It's kind of like which is better, chocolate or vanilla ice cream. I can tell you which one is on which day and for what application. There are times HDU-based T makes more sense. There are times that SVSI's compression makes more sense. There's times Dante makes sense. There's times QSIS makes sense. It's always a guessing game. It's kind of like which microphone's right. The fact that it's proprietary has its advantages. The fact that such big players are involved has its advantages. But, to, you know, we've seen that with other, with other uh, groups as well. So I do think it's going to be interesting. 
I think the idea that it's off-the-shelf Ethernet switches, nothing, nothing uncommon about them in terms of timing requirements is a big step forward. It's one of the reasons Dante and QLAN and uh, some of the other protocols, including AES67, have been, have been successful. So I think they're on the right track. And I think the ability to take all of this and make it work as a system together, because you have the licensee that owns both ends, will be a difference. It's kind of like why we came up with Blue Link for ours. We know both ends and it'll work. But it's kind of one of those things of, it's another way to skin the cat. Who remembers EtherSound? You know, we had the joke years ago, Tim, you and I on the podcast of FlugelNet's going to be the next big one. There has to be a compelling reason. I'm very interested to see what's their color space, what's their frame rate. You know, they say they can do 4K. Well, give me more of the specs. Yeah. If they have a better solution, great. But it has to be a better solution to give someone a reason to change. Sometimes people are still using CobraNet because they have a thousand nodes already installed. So going to Dante, while it's the newer technology that has some better features, doesn't make financial sense. No, it's, it's, it's prohibitively expensive to do that. So. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's just, it's always a game. It's always walking through it. And I will disagree a little bit with George. Of I think that the corporate environments move more slowly than the home environments because of that large install base of the, I have 50 rooms that are using this. Let me put in one more. Now, an environment like a theater where it's a standalone new install, yeah, agree. But I think in general, corporate moves a little slower. Kind of, as Jeremy was talking about, he only has certain DSPs he can use that have been approved. Yeah. Yeah, I just, just on that point, I just did for you. I meant that the turnover rate in certain rooms is they'll, they'll refresh those rooms more frequently and there's an opportunity. But yeah, you're right. I agree. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, that is going to do it for us. Thank you so much. Mr. Jeremy Caldera from IAS Technologies. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Glad to be here. How do people get a hold of you and or IAS if they want? Uh, istechnology.net or uh, just jcaldera at istechnology.net is my email. So. All right, very good. We will see him at uh, at Infocom this year. He's also the the head everything. He's the big muckety muck at uh, at the CTS steering committee too. So, um, he's 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 an important guy. Uh, me not so much. Actually, all these guys are important. I'm just here to to look pretty. Mr. Tucker, thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, folks can find me at Tucker Tuesday on Twitter. I'm all over social media by the similar name and write for various periodicals. And if you really want to find me, I'm probably down at the Yonkers Brew Pub just on the street. So. Very nice. I'll you up a seat. I'd be happy to talk. All right. Uh, if, you're, yeah, if you're in the New York area, just head north and you get yourself to Yonkers. <laughs> All right. Mr. Bradford, Ben, thank you, sir. My pleasure, Tim. And I know the question, so I'll already answer it. People can find me probably at ISC at booth uh, IF6 and IF2 at the Harmon booth. Uh, or they can find me at 7V165, which is the AV Nation booth, as part of the whole Find AV Nation game we have going on. You can find me at Bradford.ben with two N's at Harmon.com. You can find me at the new AV, web, AV Nation website that we got working in the current one. And you can just always put me into the search engine of your choice. In my case, it's DuckDuckGo as Bradford Ben, and it'll find me on the social medias on my websites, on the AV Nation sites, on the Harmon site, everywhere you want to be as the king of all media, as Howard Stern used to say. And he's I thought I had a lot of social media. Yeah. Instead of Tim Albright on the no, Twitter. He's, yeah, he's, he, he's, you know, yeah, Brad, Bradford's everywhere. So, 
Uh, Bradford mentioned the Fine Navy Nation. We, we will be at, at ISC in, in uh, beautiful Amsterdam in about three weeks from now. Uh, we have come up, our, our wonderful marketing team has come up with an idea um, called Fine Navy Nation. Uh, so on our website, you'll find a... Uh, all of our ISE stuff uh, in, in one location, but uh, under that is, is the game Find Aviation Nation. Go by uh, various people's web uh, booths at ISE, take a picture, post it up, and, and tag us. And the uh, couple, two or three winners, will will get some some nice prize packages. Actually, we, when we started talking to folks about this, they're like, "Hey, do you need prizes?" And I'm like, "Sure, we'll take stuff." So um, a bunch of our underwriters are getting together and, and giving us stuff in addition to to some Aviation swag and uh, possibly getting on an Aviation podcast. Um, some people would consider that a prize. Some people wouldn't. It depends on, on, your, on your preference. So uh, you can find all that stuff at Aviation. All of our, also, our, I mentioned our underwriters. They're the folks that, that help us do what we do. So check those out and, and let them know that you appreciate it. But all that stuff, as Bradford said, is on our website, our, our current one, and the new one should roll out about ISE time. Um, as long Some as of you guys don't make any more changes and let me sleep. As long as the squirrels get into order and Bradford gets to sleep, that is also uh, the new and the old one will be at avianation.tv, avianation.tv. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all we have for AV Week.